minus three with Dave Damashek. Oh, yes. I'm very excited for this. We have everything to talk about. It's going to be a veritable audio potpourri. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3, presented as always by FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Minus 3 is how you bet along with us and follow along all the fun at Minus 3 Pod. We've got Kevin Hench here, ready to roll with our second podcast of the week, of course. A double down for the Boston sports fan. Go back and listen to Mr. Mick himself, Coley, from Barstool on all things Boston and beyond. We had a great uh, kibitz session with him earlier in the week. Upcoming here, we have to talk about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. I have to give out the first Shecky Award of the 2021 calendar year here. Uh, the USFL is back. That's already caused to celebrate, or at least it sounds like it's going to be back in about a year. And I have some NFL thoughts that I want to bounce off of, Kevin Hench, as well as Eddie Spaghetti. Eddie Spaghetti down in the dumps, probably a little bit, but in that nice spot of like, ah, well, so the Knickerbockers lost. I didn't expect them to do, do anything come postseason. Getting in um, was uh, was all it took to make me feel good, uh, a feeling of low expectation not seen since Cleveland Browns rejoiced about getting into the playoffs about six months ago. With all that said, let's jump into it with our pal, Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Oh, my God. Glorious time of year. You know, watching West – being on the West Coast is great because I get off work right about when the games start. And I zero interaction with the family till you know, 10.30 p.m. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> by which point the girls are already in bed anyway yeah so. yeah it's great no i mean like <laughs> you know bomb that thought you know i want this golden knights avalanche series to be a good series and and uh the knights have to win the games they dominate for this to go seven and uh so out shooting the avalanche 31 to 12 hitting five posts i mean they, they outshot them 31 to 12 in the second and third periods and they hit five posts and then lost on a pretty dubious slashing penalty. Uh, you know, there's there's stick work, and if you tap the guy's stick and it falls out of his hands, like is that makes it slashing anyway? Uh, so, and I had a I had a nice parlay on the Canadians and Knights last night that would have cashed. And, We're uh, off a of hockey, Hench. I don't know if you heard. It's over. The NHL season is essentially over. All right, your Bruins and your Islanders, or or should I say Meatballs Islanders, continue to tangle here. And as a matter of fact, Spaghetti and Meatballs, uh, I focus on that particular um, second-round matchup, plus the Shifley hit and otherwise will be tackled by Spaghetti and Meatballs by the end of this program. Let's jump in, shall we, Hench, with our best bets here. And you know what? I'm, I'm so anxious to get uh, yapping here. I'll start us off here. I am really excited about, uh, like we talked about last week, I think, the Bucks and Nets series. It's just, um, it, you know, it's I'm trying to think of the, the two – Biggest offenses in NFL that played no defense squaring off. It was all, you know what? It would have been the sec with the, the second Giants over Patriots Super Bowl. Um, we almost got Packers, or we, it, it appeared uh, at the late end, uh, at the late uh, portion of that regular season. It looked like we were going to get Aaron Rodgers, Packers, and Brady's Patriots, and they had the 31st and 32nd ranked defenses, which would have meant the final score of 141 to 138. I think that 
the Bucks and Nets in game one are going to transcend even that number. I'm going to go with, I'm just overjoyed. No defense going to be played here. The number on game one is over 239 and a half. I think that's a fun one to bet on. Um, You know, as as some people say, life's too short to bet the, uh, to bet the under. Brooklyn, I'm going to take them to win the series. I respect the Bucs. I know that this is a ripe team that whose fan base is getting a little frustrated by going out a little earlier than they perceive their team to uh, should be going out, but boy, they're running into a buzzsaw right now. It's not uh, to demean you. It's to boost the Brooklyn Nets of 2021. I say they get it done in five. The Nets win it in a four to one. Uh, series at plus 400 is the bet there and the Sixers are going to despite Embiid's knee and I do think the Hawks are a little bit better than we kind of perceive them to be or or people imagine I think people like the narrative of the New York Knickerbockers making some hay this postseason the problem is that the the Hawks were the better team they proved it and shout out to Kevin Hench who told us one week ago when it, the series was tied at one that the Knickerbockers had lost their last have had won their last game of the postseason spot on again Kevin Hench listen to him he is uh, making you a lot of money if you're following his lead I do think though that the Sixers get it done with a banged up Embiid four to two in the series that uh, is at plus 450 if you bet that one and like I said already fanduel.com slash minus three the word minus the number three is how you do it how say you hench what do you think of those well um you know I, I watching the nets is you know I was already a believer I've been on the nets uh financially invested in the nets to win it all and these playoffs are actually laying out very nicely for them um you know I I think Giannis can be contained in a way that Durant, Harden, and Irving can't be contained, right? You know, you can't uh, just go, okay, clear out for Antetokounmpo uh, and see what he does. You know, he gets a lot of charging penalties. He gets in foul trouble. He misses free throws. And Durant, Irving, and Harden never miss a free throw. They get all the calls. And so I just, I I agree with you. I, I I like the Nets. Um, in that series and and more so than ever to win it all. Embiid um, so has a torn meniscus, and I also have a torn meniscus. So, I mean, we're comparable players, I think, at this point in our career. similar human beings, yeah. really. And, so and, uh, and, and I'm telling you, he's not going to be right. You know, so he, he may gut it out, but he's going to be uncomfortable no matter what Medina spirit um, steroid they, they shoot into him to get him ready for these games, he's going to be compromised. So I do think that the Nets dispatch the Bucs, um, you know, and, and I like them laying the points in game one. And then I think, you know, a damaged Sixers waiting for them in the conference finals. And then, you know, the Lakers were the, were the favorites, still the favorites going into these playoffs. And, uh, and now it, it seems unlikely maybe by the time this, uh, recording drops that they'll be uh, a factor in the West with Anthony Davis's groin. So, of course, of course, the Nets text each other and then they're going to win the championship because that's how it's done over text. And the only way to make up for how shitty that is is to make some money on it. So, so bet, bet your Nets Wait down the line. Minute. Wait a minute. I don't mean to get into a uh, pro union conversation here, Hench, but I had you, uh, I am I long ago. You're a you're a union fella, ain't you? That's what it is, man. It's the working class. It's the proletariat. 
eschewing <laughs> the bourgeoisie and doing it at, at, at oh, uh, the working yeah. man's level. What are you talking about? That that's not cool. That's exact. That's that's terrific. Obviously, I'm pro labor. If those three guys are texting each other to play on the Celtics. Ah, okay. okay. Obviously, no, no. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not as big a Kyrie Irving hater as the douchebag in the KG jersey who got arrested at the Garden. But I don't love the guy. I, I'll I'll say that. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a fun time uh, watching him sulk his way out of Boston. Um, and then, of course, when Terry Rozier, Kyrie Irving made Terry Rozier rich by not playing in, in the in the playoffs the year Rozier re- revealed himself to be a starting NBA point guard and be more successful than Kyrie Irving in Boston. Um, that This weekend, Red Sox-Yankees, uh, my pick for this series, when the Red Sox and Yankees get together, every at-bat takes 45 minutes. Like, it, it is it, – it becomes a grinding – uh, five-hour event. So, Garrett Cole got roughed up by the Rays today, Thursday. They're going to miss Garrett Cole. Um, the Red Sox have Evaldi and Erod going in the first two games. They are not uh, a typical one and two starters. Erod's been terrible, and the weather is heating up. Saturday and Sunday is going to be very warm in the Bronx. I say bet the over all three games. And and you'll you'll go at least two out of three and make some money and and maybe three out of three, um, because uh, uh, for some reason when the Yankees and Red Sox get together, it is like every pitch, nobody gives away in that bat for the for the entire seventy two hours that they're staring each other down, sixty eight of which are spent playing baseball games, um, and then and then I, I don't think the Hawks understand how far up in class they're moving. Because the Knicks are fucking terrible, as I told everybody last week when it was 1-1 and people were excited. I'm like, yeah, if Derrick Rose is your best player, you're not a good team. And the Hawks smoked them, as predicted, in five. And uh, But now, even if Embiid doesn't play on Sunday, that number's two and a half, uh, which seems to be factoring in. He might not play. Um, I don't think it matters. You know, Ben Simmons can't shoot free throws. It's funny. Ben Simmons and I both shoot 20% from the foul line left-handed. The difference is I'm right-handed. So I have a, I have a built-in excuse. But Ben Simmons is a great player who could check Trey Young or Capella. Like, who else can do this? And so uh, I, I think with Seth Curry and Danny Green, like, that team is, is, not, uh, is not the Knicks, obviously. And they're, and they're going to they're gonna beat the Hawks. They're going to cover the number on, on the, the diminished number on Sunday. Uh, so, so those are my picks. Um, Hawks, you had a good run. You're moving up in class, and uh, we are headed. We're headed toward this Nets Sixers final, and uh, the Nets are going to win that too. And excellent, and that's the way NBA playoffs go. You you reach the next step, and a year from now, people will be excited about the Hawks making a, an even deeper run. But I'm with you on the here and now. I do think that with Embiid banged up and Simmons, you know, Doc Rivers addressed it earlier in the week, and it and and it is fairly obvious when you watch him that it's not ideal for your two best player your two best players for one of them to not necessarily be a go-to guy in the fourth quarter. It's a weird um a weird formula that is in place for these Sixers a little bit. Um obviously he contributes in any number of other ways does Ben Simmons like you mentioned there. Um 
Eddie Spaghetti, jump in here. But, you know, in front of the Yanks and, and Red Sox, shouldn't we be doing something? Shouldn't you guys get a little side bet going if you want to make it like, you know, $12,000? That would be fun. Or get a mohawk. Or I don't know. You guys talk amongst yourselves and figure it out. Eddie Spaghetti. I, I've done a mohawk before. I'm definitely down to do that again. I just okay. wish I wish the Yankees uh, could handle the Rays first, uh, and then I could focus on the Red Sox because they're the Yankees are a very very up and down team lately. So I, it's like one you know when they win a game, you're like oh they're never going to lose again, and then they lose a game, it's like this team doesn't belong in Major League Baseball. It's a very very weird season. Um, why do they? The why are the games? I I, I frankly. I am not as intoxicated with Red Sox, Yanks lore as Red Sox and Yanks fans are. I think I speak for the rest of the nation. Um, It's gotten a little too precious discussion of the rivalry. But are the two teams, are the players involved in these games at this point? Why does every Yankees-Red Sox game take five and a half hours, Hedge? Is it, are, are they not, are they not treating it like, hey, just one of 162, is this game... Uh, at the player level, does it actually have more importance than most of the other games on the regular season slate? It's hard to imagine that it does. Um, I mean, you know, if you're a major league baseball player, you know, that season's so long, how, how up for any given game can you get? I mean, I do think a lot of times, you know, there's obviously national broadcasts a lot of times. So maybe they, they're aware of that, but mostly it's just grinding through pitch counts and grinding through pitchers. Uh, now the three batter rule will speed things up a little bit because you won't have the 90 minute eighth inning where both teams use three pitchers, you know, to get three outs. But, uh, I I do think 90 degrees in the Bronx ball's going to be carrying, um, you know, Aaron judge is really, uh, turned, you know, he, he was hurt early, but he, he is a reliable number three hitter. He, you know, he either walks or makes solid contact most of the time. Um, and uh, so, and Frazier starting to hit and, and Duhar starting to hit. And so I don't know how, how Spaghetti and I would bet on this. I would bet against the Red Sox. I gave, I gave you guys some good, maybe just a vat of either Manhattan or New England chowder. I mean, that's a nice, easy one to do. That's If you were mayors of the respective cities, that's probably what you would bet. Um, go ahead there, Eddie Spaghetti. You can, uh, you can jump in here. You know, by the way, though, Hench, you mentioned the, the heat and the baseball schedule and everything else. We do not talk nearly enough in the 21st century about, and listen, Babe Ruth did feast on pitchers in an era where the pitcher went all nine and he didn't throw sliders and there were not men of color on the field. So this diminishes what Babe Ruth did, um, all of that. But to his credit and his peers, how about the train rides? Who the hell, who could have, who could have dealt with that? Can you even imagine like every third day jumping on a train and heading off to St. Lou? Like, all right, well, we got, we took care of the St. Louis Browns, fellas. Now let's get to Philly. We're going to play Philly for three days. Then it's off to Pittsburgh, the Steel City. Then we'll head up to Cleveland, see? Like, can you imagine how insane that was every three days? Jumping on a train? How long did that take to get from one city to the other? It's crazy. But, but, you know, the sad part of American infrastructure, it took exactly as long as it takes now. (laughs) Every other fucking civilized country, every other civilized country has a fucking bullet train. And we're limping from New York to Chicago in three days. 
But we don't make the Metropolitans do it. We let them get on a plane at least, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, though. Uh, all right, Spaghetti, jump in here. And I, if you want to offer a hench a bet, go ahead and do it. And don't do not do it with the don't do it with the asterisk. They'll have the dignity to support your team without uh, without provision. Like, just uh, just yeah, go ahead. No, oh, well, they're not that good. Just Look, if we, can start, if, we can find, if we can find a good bet, I'll, I'll take it. I don't feel kind of like what Hendra's saying. I don't feel great. I don't feel super confident about my team yet. Uh, it's still kind of early in the season. They're going to definitely make moves. They're going to be they're going to be buyers at the, at the trading deadline. So it's right now. No it's, shit. It's a, yeah, no it's a shit. Weird, they're it's the a fucking weird time. Yankees. Yeah, but Whitley, no, they're going to be buyers. No, no, There's not going to be a fire sale in New York. Recently, no, shit. no, no shit. recently they have not made big time deals at the deadline. They're going to have to now if if Kluber's injury lingers and Voigt's constantly hurt. DJ, like they're going to have to change up the whole infield because Gio Shell should be playing shortstop and DJ LeMay should be playing probably uh, second or uh, third base, and they're going to have to move Glaber to second base. It's going to be a whole mishmash. My point is, they're going to make more moves than we've seen them in the you know last few years or so. But anyway, I'm not giving out any Yankees bets this week because I don't really feel. For I will stick with baseball quickly. Coward. Uh, you do have Jacob Degrom pitching versus the the Padres Saturday, and he had a career like one point seven year right in Petco Park. I like the Mets. They're the first place Mets. I may add. Um, it is Belmont weekend, which is my favorite. Uh, sporting event I've ever been to. I love Belmont. Cannot say enough good things about going to the, the track. The horse. Well, let's go out. to the track. Let's take the show to the track one day. I, oh. You know, that, there, there are plenty of good places to go see the ponies run, have a few beers. We'll, we'll mic ourselves up and that'll be that. It'll be grand audio oh, for everybody. I, it, it is so good. I cannot, anyone that hears me go to, you know, Elmont, New York, go to the Belmont. Uh, I'm not, I'm pretty sure they're allowing fans or I'm not what capacity, but it is just, if you get good weather, it is just the best thing you could possibly do. So, uh, so, so Joey Cowles, friend of the show, who gave me the Medina Spirit pick for the Kentucky Derby, gave me a horse, Hot Rod Charlie, 72 right now in FanDuel. Add him to your, you know, exact, whatever you want to do. That's the horse to, to, to bet on this weekend. So there's my Belmont pick for you. To get to the NBA, uh, I, I'm going against the grain of what I normally thought recently, and I'm going to take the Bucks plus three and a half for this first game. I think the Bucks are going to come out and shock everyone. It's going to kind of put the, the Nets into this, uh, you know, scenario where they haven't been used to yet. Obviously, they've pretty much skated through the the, the first series here, and I I think it's going to go seven games as well. It's plus one ninety five. So I have Bucks plus three and a half game one. Brooklyn uh, Milwaukee going seven game series plus one ninety five. I would not be shocked if the uh, if the the Milwaukee Bucks pulled this off in one, but I won't give out that one. Another lock I love in NBA seventy sixers minus two and a half points. Look. I know the Knicks are bad. I know Hench will probably spend the rest of this pod making fun of the Knicks, and that's fine. They deserve it. But there's one glaring thing that they're really not good at, and that's, you know, perimeter basketball. defense. Basketball. Well, basketball. <laughs> well, within basketball, <laughs> perimeter defense uh, at the guard position, Trey Young had his way with them, and Ben Simmons is in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, a long, lanky guy. If they put Ben Simmons on Trey Young, I actually like Ben Simmons to win that matchup. So I, I like the, uh, the 76ers, minus two and half um to win game one uh the series price isn't that great i think it's it's 192 if you want to bet that as well sure and uh my last bet and i'm going to give this out one today before game three of islanders ruins and i've preached the, the, the bruins uh for the you know months already i have them in our ep draft i said i love the bruins roster top to bottom goalie well coached just a great team uh and i do like rooting for them 
But if the Islanders win this game, the Nassau Mausoleum tonight, they're plus 158 now to win the series, and that price will obviously change uh, if, if the Islanders do win this game tonight. So I, I got to say, if you want to hop on that, the Islanders to win the series in a shocking move coming from me, today is the day to bet on them before the, the puck drop tonight, plus 158 for the Islanders to win the series. Shame the devil. Don't let it happen, hockey gods. You've already done more than enough to sabotage your own sport. Um, hey, I want to ask you about uh, the USFL. I do have some things I want to run past you regarding the NFL. I had, for whatever reason, in the last 12 hours, I've had a couple of epiphanies. You know that the NFL fortunes change fast um, from, you know, feast to famine and in the other direction. I want to run some of those by you, but very quickly, do you hear that music? That's right. It's time to hand out... The first Shecky Award of 2021. Friday is National Donut Day. Always a controversial subject. And so, for some, our pal cousin Sal, as a for instance, he sometimes doesn't agree with uh, the Committee of One who votes on the Shecky Awards. The Committee of One, of course, is Dave Damashek. And Dave Damashek says in response to the curmudgeon cousin Sal, no one gives a crap what you think about the Shecky Awards. If you want to hand out awards, go ahead. See who who cares. The answer will be no one, because there already are the Shecky Awards. Now, I'm sorry for that self-defense here. It's time to announce it here. It's been a big year for donuts because of uh, coronavirus, as I've mentioned before. COVID did bring me back to some old friends that I'd forgotten about. Salami. I started using a lot more cinnamon sugar. You know, I'd forgotten about how delectable it was. It really jazzes up a piece of toast or an apple. Um, of course, the uh, the reigning champion for Fruit of the Year, uh, Shecky Award winner, was is the uh, Envy Apple, having a delicious 2021 in its uh, bid to, to repeat. Um, but... Donuts. I, you know, a lot of runs to to the local donut shops for the kids to pick up, and I always have to take a bite, of course, to make sure each donut is not uh, poisoned. I'm a I'm a good parent. So here we go, the Shecky Award. The nominees are buttermilk, cherry cake, chocolate, cinnamon sugar powdered sugar now you'll notice there were no there, there those were all cake donuts no raised donuts i don't understand people who would choose the same people who would eat a pear in a world that offers apples are the same people who would choose to get a raised donut in a world that has cake donut i don't understand you people please have more self-respect all right the 2021 shecky award for best donut goes to he did it again. It's the buttermilk. It is the king of all donuts. It's even shaped wow. like a crown. Congratulations, buttermilk. Um, you know what? I also want to give a shout out to best newcomer, rookie donut of the year. I guess I can make that an award here. Rookie donut of the year to my taste buds. I don't mean it just got invented. I just mean it's a rookie to my mouth. Maple donut. Maple donut is very good. Smells good. Smelled a mile away. You get them in your house. You let them sit for a day. Whole kitchen, when you walk in there to get one, oh, it smells like uh, like a log cabin. It's delicious. What do you think about that, Hank? You happy about that? Have uh, you heard of the game Go Nuts for Donuts? I don't think I have. Oh, okay. I had it. It's a good present for you. Okay. Right, it's a okay. fun game. That's a fun game for the whole family. Go Nuts for Donuts. Uh, well, this is um, – tough category for me because i'm i'm 
currently reading a book called Ravenous, Otto Warburg, The Nazis, and the Cancer Diet Connection. Okay. It's a fun read. Um, but are you more like the guy who wrote that or the all-stars from the Philadelphia 76ers? Since you basically described yourself as an amalgam of Embiid and Simmons in the last 20 minutes here, but okay. Uh, uh, my favorite Apple is Sam Apple. The guy that wrote that book I just talked about, followed by Fiona Apple, followed by Honeycrisp. But your celebration of empty carbohydrates like our fucking show should come with a warning across the bottom like hey uh don't do do not indulge in fucking maple donuts or buttermilk i this is like it's insane that you so callously push carbohydrates and sugar on people with no care for 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 the ramifications like it's insane Carbohydrates, the leading killer uh, on the planet. And well, uh, you and I have a little bit of self control. Number three on this show, not so much. And I am worried. It does. I it, I do hesitate to mention um, the bad carbs with Eddie Spaghetti within the sound of my voice. There, Eddie Spaghetti. Don't wipe I, your eyes. Spaghetti. I uh, I when well, I, I trip home, I did have a, a jelly donut and uh, a half a Boston yeah. cream donut. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not proud of myself. I have to turn it around now that I'm back in LA. Uh, I, I'm shocked, Dave, that for once, like I, you know, I love to make jokes about whatever the Shucky awards are. I, besides the, the, the cherry cake donut being part of the nominees, I'm pretty much with you on all those donuts. Those are really good donut choices. So I'm, I am, I, I'm fine with that winner. Those are all the ones that I would order. Uh, maybe all of them at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I have no, no issues whatsoever with the buttermilk champion. I think it's, that's a great call. The only yeah, good do- the only good donut choice is the donut uneaten. Spaghetti. First of all, where are you going to move to Mount Pius? Or do you want to take a drive up there to issue the rest of your commentary on donuts? As long as there's animal protein at the top of Mount Pius, I'm there. You can get some that have ba- well, you can get donuts that have bacon now. That they, they may they're they're real. Right. They've oh, they've expanded. That's what possible. I would order. I'd order that and say, hold the donut. Give me a side of bacon. <laughs> what a but creep. Obviously, our 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 buddy here, anybody who legally changes their name to spaghetti is a little too invested in carbohydrates. Yeah, why'd you do that? <laughs> that wasn't a good idea to legally change it. <laughs> I had to spice I had to spice up my real idea. He loves he loves empty carbs. <laughs> Arabiata spaghetti. That will be his uh, his his first masculine son's his masculine child's name. All right, I want to tell you about some NFL here. Here here's some thoughts I have. First of all, just I was running these by. It's it's June. Everybody's just you know talking about. I see all the the football shows these days are just debating like, hey, everything we've predicted for the last six months in vain. Do we still agree with those opinions? So I don't. I guess it's that time of the year and the football calendar to just uh, reaffirm or go against what you've previously said uh, during free agency in the draft. So why would I be any different? I've said the Chargers are going to steal that division. They're going to they're going to shock everybody. I think also, do you feel like Hench? You were around the Patriots when they almost went undefeated. I don't love my quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, best on the planet. Whatever, uh, you know, two straight Super Bowls could have been three if D Ford doesn't line up offside and all that. I don't like my QB talking about going undefeated before the season. 
I don't think I think that's I think that's getting over your skis and in a weird way his eyes off the ball already. He's not, he's not, you have one Lombardi, man. I know you can make a case that you could have had two, you could have three and all the deeds at your young age. But I feel like it's a little, I don't necessarily love hearing that from, from the franchise quarterback. Oh, it's a, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when Russell Wilson won his one and then started rattling off how many it was going to become. I think he got up to seven in his post game, you know, and it was like, you're holding pretty steady at one. And as long as Mahomes is in that non elite company of one with Trent Dilfer, you're right there with Trent Dilfer. Okay. Easy, easy. Go ahead and focus on winning Sunday. Not worrying so much about running the table, uh, which, which I, which by the way, you don't want to run the table as the Patriots learn the hard way. Right. Much better to go 14 and two and win the real trophy than do what the Patriots did. Hey, 16 and 0, 17 and 0, 18 and 0, Plexico Burris. It's a great story if he does it, but obviously it's way more likely that he loses. And then every L he takes, that will be the, uh, relatively innocuous. I, I know, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it, but. I do think it's a little weird because it's those sorts of remarks that are made four months before the season gets going that people will revisit again and again. And when people uh, can figure out how to get offended by stuff like Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on the field has no impact, surely opponents will say like, oh, not going undefeated again. Stop. You didn't go undefeated. You know that that will be revisited by by teams on the schedule. Anyway, I do like the Chargers. Here's a kind of a bold one. It's outside our purview of the of the Northeast again. But I think that Jameis Winston is going to guide the New Orleans Saints to a division crown, just like Drew Brees did last year. People, I floated that on social media. I said, I think they, they really could, if uh, Winston is halfway decent, that is a loaded roster. And we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago here that, there's there's this boundless optimism for the Browns and their ability to to win games with you know mediocre Baker Mayfield not certainly not great not bad but not great and yet it's kind of sort of like I float out I think the Bucks have a or or the, or the Saints could make some hay this year and people respond with like you know who's in there you know Tom Brady's in their division yeah I do and last year the Saints won that division so I I I think there's a chance that. Jameis Winston, shame the devil. I know people don't like hearing this because Drew Brees is borderline God to some people in NOLA. Might be an upgrade for them. I'm not talking about prime Drew Brees. I'm talking about what we've seen the last couple of years. It's not loco to think that. And okay, his accuracy is not his uh, his greatest trait. And maybe that negatively impacts Mike Thomas, who loves running those slants. But I think they'll figure that out. And they'll more than make up for it by his ability to push the ball past 20 yards, which Drew Brees hasn't been able to do in three years. So I like that team. Oh, go ahead, Ant. You have something to say? Well, I was going to agree, which is boring. But I... I mean, if you watch the way Drew Brees limped in, into the sunset, it's it's not a hard sell to say that's going to be an upgrade at quarterback. I mean, the pea shooter, the, the range was – you could put nine men in the box and not worry about Drew Brees beating you over the top, and, and you can't do that with Jameis. But beyond that, the roster stacked. Like, that defense is excellent. 
our friend who won us both fantasy championships with six touchdowns is there. Like, yeah, I, I and, and the other thing that people forget is like there's this regression to the mean thing that happens where it's like, you know, the Bucks overperformed in the playoffs. And obviously the, the, the Saints lost that game to the, the Bucks. But like um the, those two rosters, people will think there's a much bigger gap now between those two teams and forget that the te- the defending division champion is the Saints who may have just upgraded at the most important position. So um, I, I, I agree. I don't know. Well, you know what? You're a smart guy. I shouldn't be ashamed to, to agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and lastly, here's the big one. Because like I say, we, we like to focus on the AFC East, the NFC East, the AFC North when it comes to pro football. Breaking news. We have a change at the top of the NFC East. Now, put it in pencil. Damashek, as you know, allows himself the right to make changes up until the eve of kickoff. Your NFC East champion for 2021 Congratulations, Eddie Spaghetti. It's the New York Giants. That's right. I, 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 listen, this chase for Julio Jones that I guess is going on right now, I'm not sure how much we're supposed to believe any of the supposed players for it and how much they're actually going to give up. We talked about it where the Patriots are concerned a couple of days ago with Coley, and I'm interested in what you think about that acquisition. There's no evidence that... A, a clear-cut, dominant number one receiver. For whatever they bring your team, it doesn't bring you trips to the Super Bowl. There's no, there, there's very little evidence that the that the teams that carry those guys. It's pretty simple math. New Hopkins, Calvin Johnson never got the Julio Jones lost the, the one he got to. Okay, Tyreek Hill won one one two years ago. I don't know where you slot Mike Evans. Um, among the best in the game right now. But okay, so he got over um, a few months ago with Brady. Um, The list goes on and on. Uh, T.O. went to the one Super Bowl with the Eagles, didn't win. That wasn't his fault, but they didn't win it. Um, And Randy Moss never got got a Super Bowl victory. Anyway, I I know it's exciting, and this is what a lot of people are now talking about up in Green Bay. If they could just get Julio, that'll make A-Rod happy, and he'll return, and then he'll stay, and maybe that is that maybe that is the case um all that said i like the collective that daniel jones has around him in terms of skill on offense i just don't at some point it becomes so overwhelming like uh, if he's mediocre but if you keep him clean if you give him the extra beat which that offensive line which has been a two-year process of of fixing it up should be pretty good this year. And Saquon, if he could just I know it's an if if he can stay healthy. They they're loaded at pass catcher, man. How say you, Spaghetti? What do you how does that make you feel? You am happy? I, am I'm, I being, not, I'm not uh, trying to play up to you or anything. Yeah, where are the hidden cameras? Am I being punked right now? Where's Ashley Kutcher? I can't but this is the first time. This is the first time in the history of knowing you that you've uh, been pro giant. Um it is I yeah. was pro giant twice I, in those Super Bowls. I, I loved watching the what what Eli did. Well, best that, ever. Yeah. Can't beat Eli Manning in the big game, but he's the best ever. Please. Um, I will say I agree with with all that. With the pass catches, I do think Saquon, outside of a, you know a major devastating injury, will be healthy and should be on track to play and be fine. The well, you the can't char- you can't char- really apply much optimism where Saquon's concerned. It's like, well, he should be okay. He should, it should be. 
I mean, I do. Oh, well, the, I mean, I mean, like I mean how, how pox can one human being be? But yes, I, 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 I mean, more it. so with like their early season, like snap count, whatever. But they did do a pretty good job of getting backup running backs. Um, the defense under Patrick Grant should be fine. They added some great pieces, obviously, in the draft, Dory Jackson as well. But the Chargers have the by far the worst offensive line in football. The Giants are second worst. No, they don't. Yeah, go oh, had had. Yes, they do yes, 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 yes. Uh, so according to some metrics, with you know how much time he has in the pocket and stuff, the Giants rated second worst. And the Daniel Jones needs time in the pocket. I think that will improve with another year under the rookies' belt, uh, Lemieux and Andrew Thomas getting back Nate Solder, who didn't want to play because of COVID. I think they will be improved. And it is pretty funny that people are kind of warming up to the Giants now. And I did see, I actually screenshotted this for the show, and I forgot to put in the rundown. So bad job out of me. But uh, Bleacher Report did a stat projection for Daniel Jones, and you could laugh at this: forty-two hundred passing yards, thirty-one touchdowns, eleven interceptions. So I saw those numbers and I was like, well, oh, don't no, forget people are flipping. He, like everybody else, is playing a 17-game schedule. The numbers are just going to become meaningless to us. That is a bummer that we all have to steal ourselves for. I know I hate to be a curmudgeon about that, but that is going to stink whether people um, recognize that at this point or not. Um, yeah, I'm looking – I'm sorry. I'm looking up uh, – um, and they, the Giants are plus 400 to win the NFC East right now on FanDuel.com slash minus three. I like that. I'm just looking for the Giants win. To, uh, here we go. Season wins. Sorry. Uh, the uh, the Gents Eddie Spaghetti are... I mean, over seven is minus one twenty five. That's uh, you know, I, I, right. the more I think about it, the the more I like that. The other one, Hench, is I, I, to talk about your team a little bit. I want to hear what you think about Julio Jones, how he might change things up there. But I mean, I think they're officially and and kind of easily the toughest team to predict. We don't know what they're going to be. Um, Cam year two, Julian Edelman was with Chris Long on his show earlier the week, and they think they both. I've been up close with Cam, and and they say, oh, year two in the system, he's going to be better. Their win total over nine is minus one thirty five. The defense, I mean, I guess that that long standing trope about like if you take a year off the game, you'll never be right again. I guess we'll see because of some big name guys returning to that uh, Patriots defense. Um, I, I, the worst thing they have going for them is is that the AFC East collectively is upgraded, and I think the Dolphins. Also, another one that is maybe going against the chalk here. I wouldn't. Is it crazy to think that the Dolphins, again, two years removed from the hip surgery for Tua, that he might elevate significantly, and with the skill around him now, that they might be able to win that division. Everybody's just handed it to to the Bills, perhaps prematurely. But how say you where your where your Patriots factor in here? Uh, I know it's early June, but still. Okay, well, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and I felt like that nine number was exactly right. Like right. I couldn't, I couldn't go really one way or another on it. Real quick, when you get to your third caveat, if, if Daniel Jones can stay upright, if Nate Solder coming back from uh, the COVID get break, if Saquon Barkley's body holds together, like yeah, okay, that's why it's plus four hundred, like. Yeah, the odds that the Giants are going to have a blessed season start to finish uh, are pretty long. And of the of the two rebuilt bodies that will decide that division, I think the odds of Dak Prescott playing 17 games are much better 
than the odds of Saquon playing 17 games. I don't give the nature. I, I don't get why Saquon gets a bad. It's it's an e injury that plenty of people have had and recovered from. Adrian Peterson had a torn ACL like a decade ago, returned for two thousand yards. I don't know he's why had it Saquon. Twice, spaghetti. What do you mean? Because he's it, had he's had two. What do you mean? It's not because it's not a one off injury for him. He's had two devastating injuries now. He's never had a torn uh, knee ligament twice. Well, what was the other injury? A couple he, of years ago. He his had ankle. Is an ankle. Okay, but, well, that's not good for you somebody who, who runs. But, but, but I will, like, this, I do feel like when you watch Saquon on the big runs, you know, there's some, the thing that makes him awesome is the thing that makes him susceptible to injury, which is there's so much power and torque in this body, but at some point there is an ankle ligament or a knee ligament, which has now been stretched which is now compromised that has to support this fucking machine that, that is like the Castrol commercial at 8,000 RPMs, your body snaps as opposed to Dak who is, is going to, you know, take a seven step drop and hit CD lamb. Anyway, I, that's a long way of saying, I still like the Cowboys to win that division um, uh, comfortably. And, and I uh, think it's going to, and, and I'm, and I'm not convinced about Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't know that there won't be a new quarterback on the Giants in 2023. I, uh, so the comp for him is, can he uh, can he do what Baker Mayfield did a year ago in Cleveland? And to me, the answer is yes with that. He does not have to be a top six or eight QB in the game for the Giants to succeed. He just can't be a bottom 10 QB. Um, if he if he's somewhere in the healthy middle class of NFL QBs, I think the Giants can. It's not it's not a world beater division. It's not the AFC West this year. So um, that's that's part of it, too. As far as it goes, though, Hench and Spaghetti, um, I guess this requires you to lean on some history. If you can summon even a single example, it seems to me when, when we talk injuries, that, those happen in the NFL. Obviously, the NHL playoffs this season have been impacted by them. I cannot recall an NBA postseason more um, impacted at the core than than this year because of it. I mean, Anthony Davis and a lot of the skepticism about the Nets going in is like, are all three of those guys even going to be out there to play? And now Embiid and so on. And Jamal Murray hasn't has been down. And I really would have liked that Nuggets team going into this playoffs if 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 he's healthy and ready to roll the rest of the way there. As it is, I think they have a, a pretty low ceiling on them. Anyhow, is there am I missing a, a season along the way there that maybe in the 80s where the Celts had a key guy down? I the Lakers. Was that 86 that they had a bunch of guys banged up and, and that's the, where the, the season that they point to that they should have won the title if not for injury? Well, the the when they get swept by the Pistons, Magic and Byron Scott are both hurt. That's uh, right. That's right. That's, that's uh, 89-90. Um, you know, the thing with the Celtics in the 80s and the sort of the, the – um, shortening of that dynasty bird and McHale played, but they were so compromised by injuries. I mean, once birds back started to go and then McHale was, was just playing with those leg injuries and you know, they were gutting it out, but they were not the same, but I can't, I mean, the Lakers lose because of AD's injury and the Sixers lose because of Embiid's injury. Those are, those are two five in the NBA players who got hurt in the playoffs that that feels pretty unprecedented 
Um, you know, because every time Jordan would take it to the basket against the Pistons and three guys would lowbridge him, you're like, oh my God, there's no way he's getting up. And he always got up. Uh, I mean, that is the grind, but um, those two injuries. And, and uh, I mean, it remains to be seen uh, if ADs will be, will be fatal to the Lakers. Um, but gosh, that roster is miserable beneath AD and LeBron. It's crazy. It's shocking. Right. I like how they slot as individual problems. You know, um, I like Schroeder, but as soon as as soon as AD goes out of the game, all of a sudden Schroeder's like, what the hell? That guy has no chance. But when you have the the full complement, I think we kind of talked about it. You know, Dennis Schroeder and Kurt Rambis are basically the same basketball player. I We've talked about, like, there is the Rick Fox, Kurt Rambis guy in the NBA, guys who can start for borderline dynasties, but would not be rotational guys on bad teams, that weird paradox of guys. Like, yeah, we have actual stars, so just be super one-dimensional. Just do one thing. Like, what would, you know, if Dennis Rodman had been born into a different world and had been on one of the five worst teams in the league, would we know who he was? Would he have hung around the NBA for more than three years? Maybe not. Um, And the thing that stinks, I said it to Sal uh, a few days ago, and I say it to you now, is, the worst part is you feel like if your if your team is undone by an injury, you feel like yeah, okay, everybody gets the asterisk that goes that goes next to the other team winning the title because everybody in the world who follows the sports know the sport knows we would have won if our guy hadn't gotten hurt. No one cares and no one remembers it. No one no, <laughs> you're the only one who will remember. You're you will be able to sit in the bar 20 years after the fact and lament, man, if so-and-so hadn't been hurt, things would have been different. But don't bring that up in in, in uh, normal company because no one gives a crap. No one remembers it, and you seem like a nerd for bringing it up. Um, so I know I have personal, uh, personal experience uh, from this because Jeremy Lazan wouldn't have been on the ice uh, to cough up the game-losing goal against the Islanders, except that Dmitry Orloff on the piece of shit Capitals took a late cheap hit on Kevin Miller uh, and bounced his head off the ice. And and so our seventh defenseman has to be playing and losing the game. By the way, here's a quick punch up. Uh, And we can talk about the Shifley hit. Okay. Don't make it worth the suspension to injure another team's player. Like it shouldn't. When Oscar Sundquist went high on Grizzlick in the 2019 finals, he was suspended for a game. Grizzlick missed the rest of the series until game seven. So it's like, hey, this was a great thing. You should bounce every guy's head off the board. You're going to get one game. That guy's going to be in a fucking hospital seeing stars for the rest of the series. You know, and now obviously Corey Perry's knee clipping John Tavares is an accident, but Shifley lining up Evans uh, and fucking blasting him for for no reason other than a cheap shot, you should be suspended for as long as that guy's out. Like, how do you get, how do you not make it worth guys while to take cheap shots when it's so strategically effective to take cheap shots? You know, now for the capital scumbaggery, which wasn't Tom Wilson. Hey, even if it's not a cheap shot, if you can lure them into 
to mix in with you so that you both uh, get offset. They're not offside setting at all. Of course, it's a misnomer. But if you have to have two guys go sit in the box and the other team's superstar is sitting there and your Ham and Ager is sitting 10 feet away from him, separated by the plexiglass, your team has won that. I, I can't stand that this is that the, that the legal. I, I, you know what? I'm trying to I'm trying to let it go. I, you know, I feel happy. Uh, General Manager Ron Hextall took to the microphone this week. He said, at least, fingers crossed, he means it. He is he does not have any intention of dealing away. Obviously not Crosby. It's nonsense when people suggest that. They're not going to get rid of Sidney Crosby. Um, but Gino Malkin and Chris Letang. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm going to try and enjoy my summer away from the Penguins. Because I, I, I it, it, it gives me such angst. You know, those playoffs, I'm not right yet. I mean, it's been a week now. I'm still not, I'm, I'm still not walking straight. Um... Anyhow, yes, I, I, why the NHL? And, and and you know what? I don't know what the fix is either. I don't know how you correct a physical game exactly, but maybe you're on to something, right? If you hang over their head, you put that guy out with, uh, and he misses five, and he's out for five games with injury, you you also are out for that stretch. Well, it's like flopping in basketball. Like they fucking threaten every five years, they threaten to crack down on flopping in basketball. And then we have to watch these fucking playoffs where every goddamn three-pointer, the guy flops like it's a chalk outline of a murder scene. Like, nobody's jump shot ends with them lying flat on their back, but James Harden's every jump shot ends with him lying flat on his back. You're now going to have, like, AAU basketball camps where the coaches teach kids, remember, after you shoot a three-pointer, you have to end up splayed on your back with, with your arms and legs spread as far as possible to try to kick the defender, it's it's fucking awful. And what has to happen to curb the flopping is, hey, James Harden, you're suspended for three games in the middle of the playoffs. We, we watched the tape. The guy didn't touch you. And you fucking catapulted onto your back to try to get a call. The game is not about fooling the refs. Yeah, that's a good point. They need to have, right, the NHL at least has the um, taking a dive penalty. The The NBA needs that. That's a that's a good point there. Ah, faker, bad, you know, personal file, bad acting, James Harden. That would be flagrant. Shame them, shame them in that way. Yes. Yeah. Flagrant one. Flagrant, <laughs> I mean, they do it on the, you know, the, on SportsCenter does the phantom of the flop, right? It's hilarious when you see the guy's head snap back and then you see the elbow did not hit him in the chin and it's like, yeah, you fool the ref every time because whose head would snap back if they didn't get hit? Oh, this liar. That's who. That, this fucking guy. And James Harden. I mean, come on. Just keep your fucking feet on a jump shot. It's it. I, I, I look when when Jaja Pachulia undercut Ka- Kawhi Leonard, it was fucking terrible. But this overcorrection of you cannot be shooters space like, well, how can you contest a three? If you're not allowed to be within a phone booth of the shooter, like it's insane. And then he kicks his leg out and he goes to the floor and he gets three free throws. And then what one of our idiot analysts goes, Hey man, can't foul a jump shooter. Well, I didn't foul him. He kicked me in the balls and he's shooting three free throws. The NBA, the 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 shootout with the with the Nugs and Dame Lillard earlier in the week was just spellbinding stuff. And yet to your point, I mean, the Austin Rivers one, what? I mean, th- that his hand touch, and, and I get it completely, that that did disrupt Dame Lillard's uh, ability to grab the ball and, and stroke it from, you know, 25 feet. But 
Nevertheless, what was Austin Rivers supposed to do? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, and it wasn't a matter of Lillard hamming it up or anything, but that th- that call was made in that spot. I mean, I guess the bottom line is when people, do, you get, when when the call goes against your team, you get super worked up or about against a sport that you've devoted the last several months to. You, can, I can't believe that the refs are playing this, but if you really think about it, I guess we could sit here and, and uh, talk for the next 11 and a half hours just bellyaching about bad calls that we've seen just in the last calendar year. And then we well, can- Well, I guess to, to bring it full circle, what I would say is hockey has to do a better job of protecting the players and basketball has to do less of a job of protecting the players. Like Jesus Christ, let them touch each other. Let oh, please let them touch each other. Oh, wait till the NFL. Wait till they start getting in with the uh, the the injuries caused emotionally by foes taunting because they have decided. I don't know if you heard the officials are going to keep a closer eye this year on taunting. That's just what the football Terrific. fans are looking for. Hey, quickly uh, speaking of football, USFL is. Perhaps back in 2022. I don't know that I've ever spoken with you, Hench. Were you a Boston Breakers guy? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, in so much as I'm a homer, but uh, mostly I just liked, you know, any like it is now, anytime football's on, you know, if you're walking through the living room and it's third and six, Watching that play, it doesn't matter who the guys are, what level it is. You're like, oh, I wonder if they can convert. Who, who's playing? Uh, you know, the 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 Breakers and the Rough Riders and the Eskimos and the Bulls and the Stags. And, you know, it didn't matter. You're mixing your leagues. Yeah, but I listen. I, I know, I, but that's what I'm saying. It literally doesn't matter. Early days of. Early days of ESPN uh, you know, in my house when CFL would yeah. come on, like Dieter Brock throwing to receiver number 73, I'm in. Long end zone? I don't know You're what's like, going yeah. on. Do they not know the rules of football? I don't care. I'm watching. Wait, the ball's off the net. It's live. I love it. <laughs> I mean, just run with it. Eddie Spaghetti, I was going to quiz you guys and see who could name more USFL teams do it uh, back and forth style. But um, I think Eddie Spaghetti, he has a, he's a diamond in the rough with USFL because his old man, along with having attended Woodstock, that the, the, the senior pasta is, uh, is a fascinating character. I've, I've gotten to have a beer or three with him. And uh, he went to Woodstock and Eddie Spaghetti reports had New Jersey general season tickets. How about that? The only human being who had season tickets to a, to a USFL team. Now, I attended a USFL game. I once went and saw Cliff Stout, the Pittsburgh Steelers, one-time third-string backup and then presumed successor to Terry Bradshaw. It didn't work out for Cliff Stout. Go against the Dallas Cowboys' third-string quarterback, Glenn Carano, also the father of Gina Carano. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, it was a legendary game. Um, in Three River Stadium, but Eddie Spaghetti, did you? You're too young. You you weren't around for any though. You weren't born no. in USFL days, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I'm not even sure if he even attended like every game or a game. I just know that he had. He still has the tickets preserved. Like they're downstairs in my house uh, for the New Jersey Generals. Yeah. So I mean, that Woodstock music and sports. Like it's he's uh, pretty simple to figure out. But that uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we guys are 
saying too, like hence perfect analogy, like third and six, you're going to watch no matter what. I think this is great, especially if you're a big college football fan. You always have like those teams, like the, you know, the quarterback from like the big 12 squad with like a miserable defense who just was awesome to watch, but probably not getting the crack in the NFL. You know, he's 5'11", whatever it is, maybe. And then you see him like, in another league that's not the NFL. You're like, oh, I remember that guy. That's like the best thing about these other like leagues that are going to start up. Like even though there's like, the spring football league out now, XFL is returning too. But USFL, another chance to see more college players or guys that were in the NFL kind of had their cup of coffee and to get kicked out and you kind of remember them and you want to see them kind of Yeah, because you want to, you still want to watch Daniel Jones in two years. Like you'll still want to watch him well, play football. Nice, well played, well played. <laughs> Daniel Jones is faster than Kyler Murray. So I'm going to leave it at that. He'll be faster than Saquon. He'll be faster than Saquon after Saquon's third major way, injury. Most, I looked up Saquon. Saquon of a quarterback. Saquon with his ankle injury played 13 games that season. Still rushed for a thousand yards. So, just saying. all right. Well, that's okay. why they've been. That's why they've been to so many Super Bowls with with him. Uh, I will say this. Now, listen, lo- was it Chuck? Was it Chuck? Chuck Fusina. This is my memory of the first championship game. Right? Was Chuck Fusina was Penn State. Correct. Very nice. And then, and then, uh, Anthony Carter, uh, for the Michigan Panthers. What is that? Yes, that is, is right. You know, okay, what's a right. Weird, you know, what's a weird thing. Um, my predictive powers before I even knew fake it till you make it, as they say, um, I wrote down on a piece of paper because I was a supreme nerd, of course, and I was excited about uh, spring football league. I wrote down on a piece of paper before the season started that, and I still have this piece of paper somewhere in Mo Damashek's uh, attic um, that uh, that said the Michigan Panthers over the uh, the Philadelphia Stars, and that's exactly what happened. And by the way, Chuck Fusina was not an NFL was not much of an NFL guy after Penn State but that was a loaded team. They had Kelvin Bryant, one of many running backs in the USFL who I say would have had a real shot at the Pro Football Hall of Fame if they would have gone just straight to the NFL. Herschel Walker more more negatively impacted by the USFL than any other person on the planet Earth in terms of the way he's regarded by football fans. Herschel Walker was such a phenom at Georgia. Anybody who watched him, I remember it. I remember it vaguely being around a bunch of uh, the older generation, my old man and my uncles and whoever else, and saying, that's the best of all time. And we're, they were just coming off of Tony Dorsett at Pitt and everything. But Herschel Walker was a different level. But the quarterbacks were good too. The Michigan Panthers quarterback was Bobby Bear, who then went on to New Orleans and took the Saints to at least a couple of Super Bowl visits. And then he went to to the Falcons as well. And I think got them to the Super Bowl. Mike Rogier won the Heisman with Nebraska. He played for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Pittsburgh Maulers, a play on words because the DeBartolo family made all their money in malls. So they named the team Maulers. Their their uh, um, uh, critical mistake, of course, was going with purple and red and gray on the banks of the Three Rivers. I mean, you're, you're not going to catch on if you don't go black and gold there. Shame on you, DeBartolo family. Um but I could go on and on with Doug Williams and Jim Kelly and Jim Kelly. You talk to him about it with that very handsomely attired Houston gamblers. And I say, do you regret that you spent those years down there? Because you would be much higher up in the all time quarterback uh, rankings and statistics. And he said, no, it was the best time I ever had. The Houston gamblers was the greatest time ever. And to that point, if the New Jersey, um, uh, New Jersey generals owner um, hadn't, pushed things hadn't forced things and tried to go into the fall schedule to go up directly against the NFL he did it prematurely if he would have waited a little bit and the league would have waited 
I think that right now the NFL would be a bit would have more teams in it because they would have absorbed I don't know maybe ABA style uh, like what the NBA did maybe they would have absorbed like six or eight teams I, I don't think it's that crazy because if you're used to XFL and AAF and whatever other jive, World Football League, the USFL was different. It had really good players in it. It wasn't as deep as the NFL, but it was loaded up. Steve Young was in it. Um, Reggie White played in it. That that uh, Stars team had Irv Eatman in it, who went on and played a number of years in the league, Sam Mills, and so on. I love the USFL. Did I go on too long and, about my life? And, uh- and that miscalculation by the New Jersey general's owner was the worst thing that guy ever did. I know, I don't know what happened worst, to him, but that was, you know. Worst mistake his- of his life. <laughs> hey, before we wrap it up real quick, let's do what I just said there. Let's go back and forth. Two hockey guys, different generations. Um, you know, I think the man, the latest Arch Manning is now – He's tracking to go three generations deep of, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, high-end college quarterbacks, it would seem, um, it's from the Manning family. And it seems he's destined to play in the NFL. The Boone family, I think, had three generations of of major leaguers in it. Bob Boone, I think, was the last one of those. But, you know, for me, it starts and ends with great with great sports families, with the Sutter family. Let's go back and forth in honor of the NHL playoffs. Eddie Spaghetti, you go first. There were six NHL brothers named Sutter, and then there was a seventh. He just decided he didn't want to play, which is weird um, but and, and sad. But you start us off here. Eddie Spaghetti, name one of the Sutter brothers. Is, is Daryl part of it? Very nice. Very okay. good. Off and running. Daryl Sutter. Uh, Kevin Hench. Dwayne. Eddie Spaghetti, your turn. I mean, I'm going to lose here. I don't think this is before I just thought because they're so – I thought you might have a chance because they there's a lot of Patrick Division guys in there. They're twins. I'll give you a clue. One missed his brother. He was the first-round draft pick of the Penguins, and then about like three weeks in, he declared – he's a grown man, but he declared he missed his twin brother, so they traded him to Philadelphia so he could be with his brother pathetic i i have no the only name that's coming to my head which is wrong is because it's i'm thinking of ryan Suter, which is not part of that uh, i i have no uh right first normal? initial rich and ron or uh, right rich and no, ron the and twins then, and, right and then there's a brian i believe brian was the i, I think he's yeah. the oldest of them he was with the blues so, i think he went the whole time with the with the blues that's five um who am i missing well they by the way on, they were on the same team for the bulk of their career, I think they might have played, um, you know, here and there at the back end of their respective careers. But they were they're prominently um, with one team for a pretty good run for for a good run for that organization. What what I like about this is like okay, so you alienate ninety nine percent of your listeners with hockey yes. talk, yes. right? Yes. So then you've got right. now you're down to one percent. Right. You're like okay, guys. You are the fucking, you're the, you're the gold. You are the 1%. You're like, Hey, these guys talk hockey, man. We fucking love hockey. They're here for this. It's like, you really? Well, now we're going to bore the shit out of you with some All right. brother. That's it. Brother tributes. I'm you're done like, with okay. you. It's Dwayne and okay, Brent right. from oh. the Islanders, from the hated Islanders. They're, they're a loathsome bunch. And so, and you're loathsome too. You're more, Hold you're, 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 go ahead. 
Wait a minute, hold on. How many of these guys are in the 500 Gold Club? Oh, zero. They're all grinders. They're all fucking irrelevant grinders. They're like zero fucking. How many 50 goal seasons? Zero. Nothing. You know, like. But we got a we got a trivia fucking. We got a trivia question for you. Like. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it's the, great. The, the suitors way better than the Sutters. We'll do that next week. Uh, no, wait. Who is this? What, I, what was his, send what was us, his name? Here, send us it. Here's what I want. Let's see if we can pr- prove maybe Hench is right, and maybe you can prove him wrong. If you are still listening right now, tweet us a picture of an ear, and that will, and then we'll know that you you listen through hey, the Sutter for, through the through hot the USFL into the like, Sutter. You know, <laughs> like in terms of just just in terms of fucking crazy. Um, genetics. If if Bobby Hall got to the end of his career and someone said, "All right, what odds will you give me that his son will score more goals in the NHL than the Jet?" I'll give you a thousand to one. <laughs> There's no way. I'd love that, that. That would be the best for people to debate. Uh, you know, I, I love the idea. I always thought it would be fun for Deion Sanders and Rod Woodson to debate who was better because you know they they ultimately like they they like to be friendly and they like to be nice and complimentary but when push comes to shove if there's some stakes i wonder if we could uh, if we could get that bobby versus brett i think neither one of them would want to give an inch and would argue in their own favor um but you're right we'll just cut all that uh spaghetti we got <laughs> no it's gold no, no I, it's I can't gold. um last thing for you hench um is one of your thoughts on the melodrama post Celtic season now Ainge retired is that what it's called now he's retired he's not going to go somewhere else or will he reemerge in two months somewhere else as a special advisor Brad Stevens is now bumped up to the front office we don't know who the head coach is going to be bottom line is um Damashek was right all along some of the specifics right, maybe not definitely. but I, you know what is Brad Stevens <laughs> is Brad Stevens still the Celtics coach yeah yeah is he the coach at Indiana? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Right. Now, what, what do you um, think, Hedge? Where, where, where do they go so, from here? So, uh, the interesting thing is, like, could they, could you go into next year with the status quo? It's like no way. You just could. Yeah, you could. Something had to be detonated. But you know, in today's NBA, where you're basically going, who are our two or three guys? That's going to dictate who, what we build around, and is kind of interchangeable and immaterial and and they did i mean kemba walker the injury and just being a shadow of himself like maybe you could have seen it coming but like that's that's a tough one uh in terms of that acquisition but you know you're building around uh tatum and and jalen brown like that's those are the only two guys that that need to to come that need to be at the start of the next chapter I do think when you look specifically at the way their defensive efficiency dropped, that it seemed like they had maybe tuned out Brad Stevens. And that does happen, right? You just hear the same guys chirping at you and, you know, and you're like, I know I'm not going to run back on defense for this guy. So, but Brad Stevens does seem to know a lot about basketball. So I feel like they came up with a kind of interesting solution. It sort of feels like you're blowing it up, but you're keeping the structural integrity of Stevens, Tatum, and Brown intact. If you can get a coach, they'll 
play defense for. And you can obviously fill out the roster with a little less dreck. Um, you know, they, they have two guys. They're not that far away, right? You're, if you have two guys, you only need three. They've got they're two thirds of the way there. And so um, I was kind of pleased with the ingenuity of that solution. Well, and, and you know, you, I, you have to kind of look at how the rest of the conference stacks up. And I, it, it's easy to not super easy to make a case for the t- the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference right now are going to regress a little bit. But I do think you can make that case specifically with the Nets and the Sixers, probably. There is room to advance there. If, you know, if you have the Patriots in your conference for a decade with Tom Brady, then there's only so far you're going to go with any consistency. I do think that, um, like you say, with the with the two young studs that they have. But then Coley earlier in the week said that he fears that uh, Jalen's going to get flipped for um, who's he gonna, who did he say he was going to flip him for there, Spaghetti? Uh, for Bradley Beal. For uh, yeah, for Bradley Beal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so um, we'll see what goes on there. And of course, as always, everybody gets so excited to get rid of coaches and quarterbacks, everything else. The big question is, for what? Where, where are you going? Where, yeah, exactly. And, what, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, oh, got to trade uh, Geno Malkin for what? Let lay it on me what they're getting back, and then and then you'll get my sign off on it. Until then, stop talking about stuff because you have to stutters. make a change. <laughs> You're going to get all the stutters in exchange for Gino Malkin. No, and some cherry I mean, cake donuts. I do think, I mean, first of all, Bradley Beal for Jalen Brown gets you zero closer to the promised land. I don't like Jalen Brown does more things than Bradley Beal. That would be a bad trade. Um, but I do think Tatum, again, you're welcome, FanDuel listeners. I said that Celtics plus the number in game three, that was going to be the number that oh, was, that was a game great where they, call, boy. You where really, they said that was a great if, one. If there was if there was any pride in the organization, that was the game where they were gonna they were gonna beat the number. Um, and in that game, and you know, for the fourth time in the last six weeks, Tatum put up fifty. But in that particular game, I think he announced himself on that next level. Like a guy who can drop fifty in a playoff game when everybody knows I'm gonna shoot. That and that is a very unique position. So hopefully he takes some of that confidence into the next season. They don't trade Jalen Brown. Um, as much as it pains me to say this because I love him so much, but I think you can probably get more than he's worth for Marcus Smart. Um, you know, uh, I, I feel like his reputation almost exceeds his value at this point. Uh, so anyway, um, maybe Brad Stevens will make good decisions in that new role but uh wow there's a lot of stuff that has to go from that roster and, you know it's actually it was funny watching the lakers without ad it was striking me how similar the celtic and laker extended rosters are like mm. how much interchangeable garbage there is on an nba roster you know you're like these four guys all do the exact same thing like you really need all four of these guys on your roster wow what's a nice why- life it's so weird. I just feel like the rug's been pulled out from under me. I was all about the Lakers, but as soon as a- a- Anthony Davis went out a couple months ago, just it, it just, oh, wow. I thought this was a really deep roster, but it's all built around having, 
you know, those two guys, th- these are all supporting pieces around him. And all of a sudden it becomes very clear that this is not a winning structure if you take one, one of those two main uh, items there. Anyway, um, good stuff, Hench. And the better news is you're off a little early now. We're letting you go. And uh, that's going to allow you to spend some quality time with your family. Enjoy. All right. I, bet, um, I know what you guys, I want to do want to say that as you guys start to, to chop it up and argue, I'm with Shaq the Shifley hit. So I, won't I, be dis- I won't be participating in the discussion, but just know that the game was essentially over and he could have done that in the fucking parking lot. That, that's, how, that's how cheap that hit was. Well, the only thing I'll say about it is that, and, and, and I'll leave it at this, is the people who are defending him are saying, are, do you know anything about Shifley? He's not a dirty player. Look at his penalty minutes. Look at the course of his career. You can find you can find other incidents, but what you can see is just if you were watching that game, which I was, in the five minute run up to that moment, Shifley was getting ticked off. He kept he it wasn't clear if he was getting tripped, but it, things were getting real chippy along the dashers at a couple of points there. He was pissed off. He was he was frustrated and it was being about to be punctuated by an empty net goal. I'm not, it's not an indictment of his uh, uh, him as a human being or a competitor that he was pissed off, but he did truck the guy and there's no there is no defending that. Well, uh, look at his history. Okay, maybe that comes into play. Yes, recidivists deserve uh, harsher penalties, but it doesn't mean Shifley didn't do anything wrong because he hadn't done anything like that over the course of his career. He was plainly frustrated at the end of a uh, of a losing game. That's it. All right, Hench, listen, you go. Well and have said. Have a good time. Hey, Eddie Spaghetti, real quick, you like sports, right? Baseball I do. specifically, love it. You you. You've watched games where it's tied in the bottom of the ninth and the bases are loaded. It's good stuff. On FanDuel Sportsbook, it can be even better stuff because you get more than one shot to swing for the fences. Right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free. That is correct. You heard me correctly. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win, and it only gets better from there. FanDuel Sportsbook, if you haven't used it, shame the devil, but let's not live life in the rearview mirror. Let's look ahead. Get in on FanDuel Sportsbook. Quick payouts. And the the thing that's the most fun are the unique styles of bets you can make, like same-game parlays. Eddie Spaghetti, I know your heart belongs to the Yanks and Red Sox series, but uh, give us a same-game parlay from any game of your choosing this weekend. Sure, I'd uh, love to give out a pick here on the other team in New York. You know, it's kind of like with the Yankees with Garrett Cole, with Jacob deGrom pitches. You always want to be interested in the game that he's pitching. The Mets are in San Diego. Joe Musgrove's pitching also very, very good this year. 79 strikeouts, 2.08 ERA now, not as low as DeGrom's .71 ERA. 82 strikeouts, I mean, phenomenal stuff there. So if you're looking for the same game parlay, I'm going to like the the total under uh, for that. You know, the Mets offense, they're in first place, yes, but some of their big bats aren't hitting. They're just getting by uh, with mainly with the pitching. So I'm going to like the under there. What I'm also going to like to add this to the parlay, is I'm going to say they're going to set the line probably around eight or nine for DeGrom strikeouts. I'm going to say take the over on that 
And if you want to even go further with an alternate run line, so say if it's five and a half, if they give you uh, four and a half, I would even go to say the under in that one as well, just because also Joe Musgrove is a, a great pitcher in his own right. DeGrom, very dominant in Petco Park. So I don't see a lot of runs in this game. If you want to watch a boring baseball game that loves pitching and defense, this is the one for you. So uh, follow that one in there. And I do think the Mets pull this one out on the road. Sports, good sports with FanDuel Sportsbook, even gooder. Trademark that spaghetti before somebody steals it. And uh, we'll track your bets. They're the good ones to make until Damashek's completely off the schneid, although the Nets have helped me get closer to um, not being completely frigid for for you, the uh, gambling listener. All right, have a great weekend, Hench. We'll talk to you on the other side of it. And as he steps out, Eddie Spaghetti, we're all warmed up for some puck talk here. Let's turn it over to you for some Bruins and Islanders, and I'm sure some Shifley talk and otherwise. Here it comes, everybody. It's Spaghetti and Meatballs. All right, we're back. Playoff edition, Spaghetti and Meatballs. Eddie Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs, the absolute Best time of year for sports. I love it. You're loving the playoffs too, Meatballs. And as a matter of fact, you are attending Game 3, Bruins Islanders in the Nassau Mausoleum. Um, tell everyone exactly where you're sitting. No, uh, right now, right now, hours before game time, how are you feeling? I know you're Mr. Cool Calm Collective, but you have to be outside your mind to be able to go to a game and try to enjoy it and not be watching it with a, a clenched butthole the entire time. No, I'm I'm ready to go. I'll be I'll be relaxed. I'll be in my I'll be in a uh, section two thirty two, wearing the Fishman jersey. If any uh, uh, fans want to come see that's me, the choice. Um, okay, that's the choice. We're yeah, doing? okay, so okay. we're rocking with. But um, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'll be I'll be nice and relaxed. It won't be any you know crazy you know stuff. I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in, in the in them for the so Coliseum tonight. So insane to me that uh, that you you just your heart rate stays very low. Uh, how are you feeling with the series? I mean, you you won the the dramatic game, uh, game two in overtime. Obviously, now you're you're uh, home ice. You I mean, you, I know you always feel pretty good. Is there something going on in the series so far that has a little bit shaky? Is some things you're feeling pretty positive about? Where you stand right now in game three? Well, I'm feeling pretty positive based off the of last game. I thought they had played Boston for most of the game, and then of course he got to uh, well, you know. Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand kind of came alive towards the end there and put a few in. But if we can avoid that, I think the bottom three lines, lines two through four, match up perfectly with the with the Islanders. And I think the Islanders do a good job of of canceling them out and they and they outplay them for most of the game, um, especially in game two. And then as long as line one, if we can figure something out a little bit more, they did get going last game. And if we can Get Barzal or Everly to maybe net one or two. I think that's game. You know, it's funny that I think uh, it was Parlay Kid talking about this on the last against all odds about how the Isles seem to just make you play their style no matter what. And mm-hmm. I was actually te- texting uh, Hench about this and, and Dave saying how the Bruins, in theory, should be a, a, a team that people are maybe outside the avalanche that are looking forward to, you know, potentially playing in the the cup because of just they're a complete team, really good defensively, could roll four lines, good goalie, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, and we saw this with the Penguins too, when you're playing the Islanders, throw that all out the window. Like this team really kind of forced you to play their style, which, you know, obviously coached by 
by Barry Trotz, a very physical style. It's like they're going to do what they want. Um, it has made for a very, very interesting series. It's almost weird how I did pick the Bruins to uh, in our draft, and part of me is like, oh, I, maybe I want to see the Islanders win. It's a weird – my Rangers brain's all screwed up. Like, I'm, like, really rooting for the Islanders because of, like, how they're playing. And no offense to your guys, but they're not nearly as talented as the Bruins or a lot of other teams in this, in this uh, playoff run right now. And just like somehow they're right in the thick of it. Like it is, it is insane to see them kind of just like mold teams the way they want them to be molded. Yeah, they. It's all because they all bought in. I think you know from the top of the roster to the bottom of the roster, every single guy is bought into the message, and they know what they need to do to win games. If you look at the bench during the games, there is no, there's really no emotion from any any of them mm-hmm. unless you're scoring a game-winning goal. They're mm-hmm. all cool, calm, collected, and you know they're they're not going to be affected by any type of result except uh, other than a win. So I have to ask you uh, tonight's game. What is your, your score prediction uh, for tonight? Are you, are you going to shock us and, and give uh, an Islanders loss? Cause I have a feeling I know no. where this one's going. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't see. I will never bet against my team. I can't okay. bet against them. So, you know, if I, if I'm not confident, I won't, I won't, I'll just go with the total, but hmm. I'm going to go, let's say four, two Islanders. Four two Islanders, and yeah. uh, are they giving out uh, our friends at fanduelcom slash minus three? Let me just double check what everything is right now. Uh, at this time of recording, Islanders are you guys are getting a goal and a half at home minus two fifty money line plus one twenty for the Islanders. Uh, the total of this game is five and a half goals. You think that's going to go? So you think that's going to go over? I think so. And okay. I'm also riding with Parlay Kid. I do like uh, Ju Peugeot over half a point today. I think okay. it's plus one twenty. Okay. There you go. Make those bets. Found.com slash minus three. Now I know this heavy, heavy Bruins, heavy Islanders talk. You'll hear a lot of it, obviously, the next uh, few episodes uh, on minus three. But it is playoff time. A lot of other stuff going on. So I'll do a couple of quick hitters here. If you're cool with that, Ron Hextall coming on saying Pittsburgh Penguins, they're going to just run it back. They're keeping the band together. Malkin, Crosby, Latang, uh, good choice or a bad choice? I think it's uh, I think it's fine. I mean, you might as well just ride Crosby, Malkin, or Latang till the wheels fall off. Uh, you know, Jari and DeSmith, if they can get Jari's confidence back, maybe, you know, they, they still have a good shot at, at doing something. But I think in the meantime, they'll be looking for a solid goaltender. I, I saw rumors that they were actually looking to trade for Flurry like a year or two ago. Or like a year ago, maybe. Yeah, bring fire back. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they look to do something in terms of bringing back a, a veteran goal goaltender to you know fill that space and kind of just patch it over until the wheels really do fall off. Yeah, I said this in uh, an episode of minus three a week or so ago to Dave when obviously when your Islanders beat their Penguins. I just said you got to run it back because the, the, the Penguins are a good organization. They're they're great at finding guys later in the rounds. They develop really good prospects. They're well coached. You have Hall of Fame talent. It was just simply, I mean, we can all agree it was the goaltending like you just said in, in the playoffs. So I don't see the reason to kind of blow this whole thing up because the team is good enough to get to the playoffs like they did this past season in a weird scheduled year. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows what could happen going forward? So I, I'm with you. There's no reason not to run it back. Uh, speaking of potentially running it back, we all know the Sabres may try to blow it up, you know, pawn off some pieces, Jack Eichel mainly. They get the number one overall pick in the NHL. Do you see this kind of change in their course? If they had the seventh pick, would they be uh, going, okay, well, maybe now we should try to, you know, trade some guys, bring in some assets. But now number one overall pick is that – 
you know, can you dangle that over Jack Eichel and be like, hey, man, you could stay now because we're going to get a, a premier player. If I'm Kevin Adams, 100%. Uh, mm-hmm. I know the draft is not, you know, the strong, this draft class is not the strongest draft class, but I, I kind of like Kevin Adams, you know, watching him yesterday during the draft. He seemed confident. He, I think he, he, I don't know, maybe he has a few tricks up his sleeve on what he wants to do. But if I'm him, I think I want to run it back with this team because there's definitely talent there. And if they can find a consistent goaltender, consistent number one, and find consistency throughout, well, I think they'll be okay. And, you know, the Taylor Hall curse continues with a team that is formerly on getting a, getting a high pick. So, yeah, yeah, I know that is, that is crazy. And we'll round it already with here. And I know what you're going to say. I know you've been riding with the Islanders and you don't, you don't going to see them lose. You can't against your team, but it's six in a row for the Colorado avalanche. People who don't even watch hockey are tweeting about how crazy this team is. It's like an all-star team, especially that whole first unit. I mean, it's mm-hmm. insane. Six in a row. They beat the Knights. Is anyone stopping them? Do we, can we just, we should end this right now. Are they going to be stopped at all? Is there any team that can make them stumble? Cause it's right now. It's very hard to, to see that. Well, in the West, you would think it would be Vegas considering right. how they Vegas really plays. Well this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yesterday I know they won on a power play goal. So maybe if that doesn't happen, it's a little bit different, but I don't know. Grubauer is kind of showing he's, he's shutting all the doubters up and showing why he was, uh, a Vesna finalist. So I don't know. Do you think they can be stopped? I, I it's if McKinnon. If watching McKinnon right now, I, he's just gotten better. Like every game this season, he's just taking it to a different level. He really has. Uh, I mean, again, I have two teams that I have, you know, Canes Bruins. I picked them. I'd love to see them win, but I, right now I feel like I'm an idiot. If I say they're going to, they're going to lose. It's like, yeah, McKinnon, everyone brings up. It's like Cal McCarr, the, like, some of the like no one's even talking about him and enough they are but it's like his passes and it just yeah. his on the ice it's just that whole first unit first defense defensive line first offensive line and like you said like in in in, in net it's just like oh i i thought there was a team that was going to make them stumble would have been vegas look it's a it could be a long series we'll see right now june 3rd time this recording i i don't know i i think it's i think it's pretty much the avalanche's cup to lose so um but I know you got a roof of your Islanders, so uh, enjoy the game tonight. And uh, this will be, you know, let's see if you're a lucky guy or not. If you're, maybe you need to be in the building for for them to to win out. We'll see how this goes. You could we'll be the, uh, the the lucky rabbit's foot there, meatballs. Oh, good stuff, fellas. Uh, best wishes to Hench and the meatballs as their two teams lock horns. Hench, busy weekend for him, trying to balance Islanders hate and uh, Yankees hate. Good luck to your team, Eddie Spaghetti. The Yanks this weekend. Enjoy that one. And uh, we'll be back after the weekend to break it all down and project ahead for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>